just a moment tonight. We are so excited about what God is doing in this house tonight. Amen, somebody. This morning when the Holy Ghost finished moving, we baptized David in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. Uh, he came out of the water speaking in tongues as he received the Holy Ghost. Would you help me give God a great big praise for that tonight? And then at our Port-au-Prince campus in Haiti this morning, uh, uh, 
Islande was baptized in Jesus' name, uh, and she received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I think we ought to shout uh, and give God a praise for that tonight. Woo. And there's no telling what God wants to do before we leave this place tonight. Amen, somebody. Stand with me all over this house. Amen. I am excited tonight to bring to this desk one of our very own. I asked our youth pastor, Pastor John Sferlaza, to bring the word of the Lord to us tonight. How many of you are grateful for the ministry of Pastor and Sister Sferlaza tonight? Help me give God a praise for them. Amen. They are doing an incredible, incredible work with our young people here at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. I love this young man and uh, have watched God bring him a mighty, mighty long way. And I, I just ran across a couple pictures a few days ago of some of his very first church services. He looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. But his hands were lifted in the air with that Shaggy-Doo haircut as God was getting a hold of him. And now God has anointed them powerfully and God is doing a great work. Uh, are you excited about the word of the Lord tonight? How many are you going to preach with the preacher tonight? Come on, how many of you going to preach with the preacher tonight? Give God a great big praise in this house uh, as Pastor John Spralaza comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. How many people glad that he brought you out? Is there anybody glad that he brought you out? Bishop is right. Looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. But you know what? You couldn't stop me from coming to the front and giving God the praise. It didn't matter how I looked. What I felt was stronger than what I was feeling around. Something happens when I come into the house and I feel something stirring. I gotta lift my hands. I gotta give God the glory. Is there any blood blood? children of God who can just look back over their life and say, God, I'm grateful for where you brought me from. He's my solid rock. He's my firm foundation. He's my cornerstone. The stone that the builders rejected. His name is Jesus and he's got all power. Lord, have mercy. Ah, so many beautiful, incredible things happening. Revival after revival after revival. People being baptized in Jesus' name. Let me tell you what's going on in heaven right now. When someone gets baptized at the Rock Church and in Port-au-Prince and over in Haiti, heaven's having a party. So it makes sense that you and I, we have a party tonight in the house of God. Because there ain't no telling what God's about to do tonight. Hey, amen. Clap your hands if you love the Lord. Ah, I have been given the distinct privilege and honor to come up here tonight. Listen, y'all. In track and field, there's a lot of different, different areas where you can, you know, compete in. But I feel like I'm in the 100-yard sprint. 
I'm gonna give it all that I got for the 100 meters that I have. I don't have much, but if you get with the preacher, I believe that God is getting ready to do something tonight because I have a word from Jesus. I have a word from Jesus. Amen. Bishop, I love you. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for all that you do for me. I love you. I thank you, First Lady. I love you. Amen. Let's give it up for our Bishop and First Lady. Woo! Amen. Listen, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been telling you, I've been trying to tell you guys, I'm the oldest son of Bishop and First Lady. And I've been saying it so much that people are starting to believe me. My wife and I were at the DMV and we, we ran into somebody from church and they're like, yeah, aren't you the pastor's son? And I looked at my wife, I said, it's working. <laughs> it's working. Anyways, babe, I love you. Thank you. I'm so thankful for my wife, the incredible things, yes. I'm not trying to sing. I'm not going to. <laughs> Who knows what would happen? Anyways, turn with me into to your Bibles. I have two portions of Scripture. We're going to start in the book of John, chapter 11. Book of John, chapter 11. And then I'm going to go to the book of Judges, chapter 6. If you have it, say Amen. <laughs> John chapter 11, verse number one. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus. Somebody shout Lazarus. Of Bethany. Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Book of Judges, chapter 6, verse number 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was at Oprah, that pertained unto Joash, the Abizrite, and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, he said, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen on us? He said, If God's with me, why am I in this mess? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told of us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go. Somebody say, Go. Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And you may be seated. I'm going to withhold my title for just a few moments. I'm telling you, y'all, I'm going to get right into it. How many people have lived life long enough to realize that bad things happen to everyone? I got a couple of honest people in the house. Bad days happen to the rich, the poor, the happy, the just, the unjust. 
It doesn't matter what your status is. It doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, you name it. People have bad days. But I'm glad to know we serve a God who says weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. My, my, oh, Jesus. my cloudy days are only for a season. Because you know what? That night is going to end eventually. And eventually, my morning's going to come. Joy is going to come in the morning. That's why you have to, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, thou shalt reap if you faint not. I know you don't see anything coming up from the ground right now. But you just keep praying. You just keep living for God. And watch how God blesses you. Watch how he takes what you give and he breaks it and he multiplies it. And you'll look, be looking to the left and to the right and it's say, promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from God. Hey, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I have something I'm looking forward to. Oh, Jesus, help me. I have something I'm looking forward to, Sister Ty Lynn, because when that morning comes, I know it's on its way. Woo! Jesus. That's why I can rejoice in the middle of my storm. Because I serve a God who knows my tomorrow. You see, the enemy will try and put stuff in your ear and say you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be anything in life. But the thing is, he doesn't know your tomorrow. You know what you should do once in a, once in a while? The devil tries to bother you and tries to tell you stuff. You'll never amount to anything. You should remind him what the scripture says. Romans 16 and 20 says, and you'll crush Satan under your feet. Satan, why don't you remember your place? Satan, why don't you remember your place? You're meant to be under my feet. And don't tell me about my future. Have you read about your future? My future has streets of gold. My future. My future has a blessing with my name on it. What's your future going to be like, Satan? He starts telling you that you can't do it. You say, I serve a God who can. I might not be able to do it, but I know somebody who does. I might not be a doctor, but I know the great physician. I know who holds the world in my, it, who holds my tomorrow in his hands. Ah, oh, Jesus. And see, some of our problem, some of our problems is we listen to what the enemy says. And we start regurgitating what the enemy begins to say. And says, you know what? You're right. I'll never be anything. You're right. I'm just a failure. You know, you're right. I messed up. But can I tell you that we start speaking death into our lives? How many people know that God gave us the same creative power in our mouths as he did? How many people know that God spoke the world into existence? God's the one who spoke everything into creation with his mouth. And we do the same thing. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Depending on how you speak, you're going to grow a tree. Depending on how you speak, you can speak death. And you grow a tree of death. And you're going to eat from that fruit. But something happens when your vocabulary starts to change. And you can say, I'm going to live to see it happen. I'm going to live to see another day. I'm going to live to be victorious. I may fall, but I shall arise. I'm going to make it. And my family's going to make it. Jesus. And you know, you can do your research. 
Because your body and your mind, when you start speaking, it's a direct correlation to where you'll end up. When you start speaking positively in your life, your body and your brain have to respond. Look it up and do your research. Something begins to shift in, in your brain where you can say, I can do this. And your brain starts calculating ways of how you can do it. It's so, I'm going to give you a simple revelation. This one's free. You know, Pastor Hammond, you're not meant to eat a whole burger in one bite. You're supposed to break it down bite after bite after bite after bite. And see, that's what happens when you start speaking positively in your life. Something begins to shift in your mind. And your mind, mind says, if I can just do a little bit at a time, if I can just get a bite here and bite here, and next thing you know, you're going to be way past your problem because something shifted in your mind. But the same thing happens when you start speaking negatively. You start choking on all the responsibility, on all the things that you have on your plate. Oh, Jesus. That's why I'm glad I got a renewed mind. That's why when you get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, your mind begins to be renewed. I used to think a certain way back then, 10 years ago, but God transformed me, and I'm a new, cre I'm a new creature today. Hey. That's why I think God asked Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live he wanted to know if you can look past the current situation and see what he sees. You want to know how to get through a trial or a situation faster? Start prophesying to the dry bones. And start prophesying to the wind. And watch life start coming into those bones. Son of man, can these bones live? Son of man, can you get out of this situation? I know somebody... Somebody needs to start prophesying to your dead situation. Somebody needs to start prophesying. And watch how God just takes something that looks like it's dead and he brings it back to life. We serve a God who's not dead. We serve a God who's alive. Jesus. Oh, Lord have mercy. You know, that's why I'm going to come down for just a moment. Camera people, watch out. That's why I got to praise him in the valley just as much as I praise him on the mountaintop. You want to know why? Because right here in the valley, I'm not where I want to be. But as I start climbing... I can take a step up and say, I was there a while ago, but look at where God brought me from. I'm not exactly where I want to be right now, but look at where God brought me from. That's why I can dance in the valley. That's why I can dance when things aren't going my way. And when that day comes, I'll get up on the mountaintop and I say, look where God brought me from. If it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I would have already been consumed. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody give God a praise if you love him. Somebody ought to praise God in your valley right now. Somebody ought to give God praise. Jesus. Bad days happen to everybody. Somebody say, everybody. Everybody. 
Chapter 17 of 1 Kings opens up with Elijah telling Ahab that by his word, there should be no rain. God shuts up the heavens by the word of the prophet. And after that, God told Elijah to go hide by the brook Cherith. And there he, he was commanded to drink of the brook and have ravens to feed him while you're there. So he went and he did according to what God told him. It's powerful right there. What God told him to do. Jesus, I'm getting excited. After a while, the brook dried up. Then God told him to leave that place and go to Zarephath. And this is what the Bible says. It says, for I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee there. God said, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee there. So Elijah does what he knows best is obey God. Ah, Jesus. And you know where God, God tells Elijah to go? Zarephath. You know what Zarephath means? A place of refinement, a place of refinery. Ah, and he's commanded a widow woman. Jesus, you can be in the midst of your situation right now, but let me tell you, you're just in a Zarephath moment. You're just in a moment where God's refining you and God's telling you, I'm just working things out in your favor. You don't even realize it. My God, and there's a widow woman in Zarephath and she's there and you know the story. She's sad. Huh. And she's collecting sticks because she says, she says, I looked high, I looked low. I couldn't find Jesus right now. And so she's gathering sticks. She, all hope is lost. And the man of God comes to her. Uh, Jesus. The man of God asked her, hey, I need something to drink. Right? This is so powerful. The man of God already heard a word from God about this woman, Jesus. That's why you got to be ready because when the man of God comes forth with a word, it doesn't matter what your situation looks like. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. The man of God's got a word. The man of God has something for you. So the man of God already knows, hey, God told me that you're going to sustain me. So it doesn't matter what your situation might look like. Uh, something's about to change. Something's about to change for the better. Uh, I can see in my mind's eye. He asked the women for water. The, wa the woman's like, okay. Then he goes, I need you to get me some food too while you're at it. That cake, those bundle of sticks, they look nice. And I could see the woman getting frustrated. And I can imagine in my mind's eye, don't you see the kind of situation I'm in? Don't you see the kind of mess that I'm in? And then I can see the man of God raising up and saying, don't you know the God that I serve? Stop trying to crunch the numbers. If God tells you to do something, why don't you just do it? Ah, he knows the end from the beginning. That's why I can step out in faith because he knows my tomorrow. He knows where I'm going to be tomorrow. He's not. Lord, have mercy. I'm almost done. Faster than you think. 100 meters comes fast. <laughs> ah, Jesus. There's, miracle, there's a miracle in your obedience. 
There is a miracle in your obedience. Don't be afraid of what God told you to do. If God said it, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. It doesn't matter what your situation looks like. If God told you to do it, well, bless God, baby. You ought to go and do it. Ah, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. There was a young man by the name of David who was anointed to be king. He wasn't king yet, but he had been called to be a king. But there was a slight problem. One day, Israel went to war against the Philistines, and they had a giant on their team named Goliath. Somebody say Goliath. This guy, Goliath, he was the type of dude to be on the front of the bodybuilder magazine. He, dude's been in the UFC. He's been a UFC champion since he's been 12. But you see, Goliath wasn't the problem. The children of Israel were so focused on his size and his stature that they forgot how big God really was. They were so focused. I'm going to say it again for some of the people who didn't hear me. They were so focused on what the giant looked like, that they had everything measured up about the giant, but they seem to have forgotten the God that brought them out of Egypt. They seem to have forgotten the God that parted the Red Sea. Somebody, you need to walk up to your giant right now and say, giant, I know you might look big. My God is bigger though. I know you might be strong. My God is stronger though. Jesus, don't get so caught up in the midst of your situation that you forget the kind of God you serve. Your God, your God, can I tell somebody, your God has never lost a battle. He's never lost once. He's never gotten close to losing. So why in the world would I be worried when a giant stands before me? This is just another testimony for me to say, look where God brought me from. Look at the giant that God just slayed. So David walks into this mess. Somebody say a mess. So we go back to the story of Gideon. And we find him continuing. Musicians, you could come. I'm almost done. We find him continuing to test God. I'll do this if you do that. I'll know you called me if you do this. And finally, God convinces him. And he grabs an army. And God stops him and he says, you got too many people on your side. And first, I want you to do is take all the people who are scared and fearful and I want, you, I want you to tell them that they can go. So Gideon goes and he, um, excuse me, anybody in the, the army would like to leave? This is now your opportunity. If you're scared, we're not going to bother you. You can go. And 22,000 people left. I can see Gideon doing, Jesus. And then he's like, all right, we got 10,000 left. We'll make it work. And then God stops him again and he says, no, 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 you still got too many. See, I can't let you get a big head and think you did this all by yourself. See, God puts us in the middle of situations where he has to strip us of everything to realize it says, you can't do this by yourself. 
You can't get out of this by yourself. You need me to step in and you need me to make a way out of no way. Ah, Jesus. And see, this is the thing. When I bring you out, I want to get the glory. God says, when I bring you out, it's not gonna be about what you did or what she did or what they did or what I, no, 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 no. When I bring you out, it's gonna be about how God gets the glory. It's gonna be how you can say, I was trapped, I was out of my mind, but something began to happen and God came and he stepped in. And God came and he stepped in and something began to happen. My situation began to change. Hey, somebody ought to give God the glory right now. Come on, somebody, you shouldn't be here this this evening. You shouldn't be here if it had not been for the grace and the mercy of Jesus. Come on. Ah. And now I'd like to bring you to my title. Before you bring it up, before they bring it up, you've been praying and asking God to do something in your life. And as soon as you prayed that prayer, you got into this mess. And you're asking God, why did this come my way? But I see what I came to tell somebody tonight. The majority of my message is this. You can put it up. Your mess is really your miracle. Your mess is really your miracle. Somebody ought to get excited because the mess that you're in right now is really going to be your miracle. It's really going to be your one-way ticket. Somebody ought to give God the praise right now. If you... Your mess is your miracle. Your mess is really your miracle. Give God the praise right now. I might be on. 
somebody that Jesus was not worried about Lazarus. Jesus, and let me tell you, God is not surprised by your situation. God is not surprised by your dilemma. In fact, can I tell somebody that God might be the very one who puts you in that dilemma? I know it's not popular preaching. This is not my notes, but I want to tell you a story of Job. You know, sometimes God chooses you without you choosing yourself for the trial that you're about to go through. God sometimes chooses you to beat the devil at his own game. You can see that Job and them, they're meeting. I mean, God and Satan and the angels are meeting. And God goes to the devil and he says, hast thou considered my servant Job? Hey, hey, buddy, I know you're going in the world and you're trying to wreck everything. Have you considered my servant? He's perfect and upright in all his ways. Let me tell you, God has chosen you for this trial, but not so that you can pout and not so that you can, just so you can beat the devil at his own game. So that way you can turn around and say, devil, why don't you put your, your neck right under my foot? Somebody, you ought to get excited because your mess is really a miracle and Job might have lost, but you know what? He had double of everything. Somebody ought to give God a praise because your mess is really a miracle. Your mess is really a miracle. This sickness is not unto death. Can I tell you tonight?
this place. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on. Uh, somebody ought to mix your faith uh, with the word of the Lord in this place tonight. Uh, is about to turn uh, into my miracle. 